When does a business become too arrogant to serve? That was the question I posed in my last episode. This is Sue Ann with the Mix, Sizzle, and Shake Your Business broadcast podcast. You see, the hero in your story brand isn't you. And again, I'm referring to Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand, Clarify Your Message So Customers Will Listen. Because he talks about exactly something that I've been talking about and we've been talking about and you should know about. And I think that for one thing, his whole book illustrates the point that I've been talking about really all along since I started this podcast, and that's about illustrating that good business is two-sided. Meaning, in every business transaction, the buyer has a side, the seller has a side, but they all have one thing in common. I value you, you value me. So I think that good business happens at the center of value. Now, I've talked about that, I've written about that, and you know that that's my perspective on how to conduct the best of business is to value your customer and they must value you in return. It is a two-way street. But I'm going to go back to Donald and say that he takes it so far as to explain, and this is coming in the next chapters, I'll learn more, but what he says is that the hero in your story brand is not you. Because anyone like me who has been in business for a long time might be surprised to hear that that's the secret. And for many CEOs and owners who honest to Pete thought that they were the hero themselves, their story, their brand, their business, they're the hero. But it's just not so. Because, biz- because um, those who do understand this this juxtaposition of who the hero is and who everything that you do is really about. If you juxtapose those roles and the customer, the visitor, the prospect becomes the hero of the story, then you will do better. And that's what Donald says, and I couldn't agree more. I've been trying to say that it's so important to have that two-sided business, to value your customer as much as they value you. You need to have it run both ways. You need to be appreciative of your clients, and they should be appreciative of you. They're not giving you something. You're, they're buying something, and you're supplying something. There's no favors involved in a good transaction. You're not helping me just because you want to do me a favor, and I'm not doing you a favor either. We're both in the transaction for a win, okay? And that's how I want to start this discussion. But don't you think there are businesses and people out there who just don't care, who truly don't care? They don't care about you or your business. They just want your money. I'm starting to think that's a big, huge thing. But businesses and people who are earning off the backs of their dear, loyal, even committed customers... But in the big scheme and truth of things, well, you know what? They don't really give a rat's ass about you. Worse, as a customer, you might end up feeling swindled, disrespected, and, well, just plain unappreciated. And I say that's a bad way to conduct business. Now, there's some businesses that are so big that no matter how they conduct, it isn't going to hurt them. 
they are still going to be fine. And that's why I'm going to go ahead and talk about my first example of a big business who just doesn't maybe always care. They're just so big and so arrogant that their thing is supposed to be customer care. In fact, that's what they built their self on. In fact, Donald Miller brings up this company in his book. He talks about Apple. And I can say Apple because, let's face it, folks, no matter what I say about them, even if it's a negative, it's not going to hurt Apple. So let's talk about Apple. In the book, Donald Miller expresses that Steve Job changed his attitude from offering full-page New York Times spread, full-page ads going into every little piece of information about the tech side of programming and of about the Apple computer and how, you know, all the stuff. Okay, guys, I'm really sorry about that. My dad called in while I was recording using my cell phone and interrupted my discussion. And this is Sue Ann with the Mix, Sizzle, and Shake Your Business broadcast podcast. And we were talking about the question of whether there is a chance, whether there are businesses out there who become too arrogant to serve. And we were just getting into the story that I was going to talk about, about Apple. And to remind you, Don Miller says that Apple, when Steve Jobs went to Pixar, he came back and he turned that copy that was four billion words of tech into two words, clarifying the message and talking to people. And the message was think different. Apple's think different. Their logo, two word tagline, I guess it is. Anyway, the whole campaign was centered on think different. And think different was to approaching people and how they work. It was showing ease of use and all the things that we love about Apple and our Apple products. And I'm an Apple product lover too, I might say, although some things are disappointing. Now, here's an example why I say, what do they really care about? There was a big news story in 2016 and you had to really kind of get read deep into tech a little bit to find this story. But apparently, Apple, the parent company, knew that the Macs that they were selling that year had a huge glitch, a huge glitch. And they instructed from internally, internal communications, they instructed that, you know, should this glitch come in, here's the repair cost. And they were giving people who just paid you know, $2,000 for a computer, more than that, maybe, you know what I mean? That's probably the low end on those. Um, they, they told them that, you know, that now they had a $1,200 repair and they were really sorry. But the truth was that they knew that there was the problem and it would cause the, the screen to actually crack. Imagine on your laptop, your brand new $3,500 laptop, iPad Pro best laptop, that it had a, something like that that now you're having a problem with and it's another $1,200. You, you probably spent a lot in the first place. And to find out that they know about it and that finally when people raised enough, you know, the squeaky wheel gets heard, when people freaked out enough, people who were geek enough to understand that the glitch was at the production level, that they were shipped with the problem, that it wasn't anything that should have anything to do with a user or a user paying, that's when things got changed and, you know, they took care of some people. And, and there's still people that they didn't take care of. And there's people that probably don't even know about it. But 
it's interesting to me when I dig up something like that. And I kind of feel the same way about what's going on now with Apple announcing that they had huge earnings in the last quarter, largely due to their sale of their new iPhone 10. And the funny part about that is that the price range on that, because it's so awesome, great in the new features, and it's supposed to be taking you into the new generation of cell and AI and all of that mixed. I mean, that's all great, but what they did in my, in my mind that seems a little bit wrong is the price point was so much so that it made up for a lack of sales in terms of number of products. So they could sell less products and still boom their uh, fourth quarter ending. So my question to you, the consumer, is was this good for us or not? Why did they announce the 8 and then the 10 within minutes? Why did they pre-sell the 10 when all the tech magazines said they weren't even in production yet just to boost sales, just to boost those numbers? These are examples of, you know, are we really caring about, are we pushing the product out too early to, for the back end? Are we not really covering everything in the front end and the production end that's going to give our user, our hero, the best experience? Are we more worried about what we have to report to stockholders and where our financial situation stands? And so that's one example for today about my question. Tomorrow, I'm going to talk about a couple more, and these are a little bit more personal. Okay, thanks. Have a great day. This is Sue Ann with the Mix, Sizzle, and Shake Your Business broadcast podcast. We were talking about Apple, and we were talking about the question of when does a business become too arrogant to serve? Because remember, the customer, your customer, is the hero of the story. Your business is not. The customer is. And everything that you do in business should be guided by the customer. At least that's the line, isn't it? So are people in reality, are businesses in reality following through on this? And if not, why not? And why? And Apple, the things I talked about yesterday were about financial concerns. And here's another one. What about the battery or the operating system slowing down in older models? Supposedly to induce you to buy a newer model and to have a new spend and to get a new product and to boost sales for them. Now, a lot of people buy their Apple products at a higher market price historically than other similar products because their reliability for a long-term use. That's one reason you're willing to pay the extra out front is because you know you can hold on to that phone as long as you need to. You're willing to pay the extra because you get the extra value in the time of its reliability. Now if the company is slowing down that phone, forcing you to spend, and that's the only reason that this is happening, that seems immoral to me. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Here's another example. I love online learning. I'm, that's how I started my writing back in 2014. I took my first course and to try to learn about copywriting and writing. I took it with a company that every single writer and marketer that I know and am friends with and have met over the last four years, and some of them I know really well, and some of them are really big, 
way bigger than me. I'm so lucky to even know them. But they all are aware of this company. But the company, I started to take a writing course because I had no clue, you know, just to start. I mean, I, I could write, but I wanted to learn about copywriting. I wanted to write, learn about writing on the web in particular and doing a digital writing business. So I took a course, and then they had these great copywriters, great copywriters. They pulled me into their big ticket item. And I was so excited, but I was so scared to pieces that it was a big ticket item for me, very big at the time. Um, and then... I joined that at huge consternation and, and maybe risk for putting out that kind of money with, you know, not knowing anything. And I was let down immediately. The first promise if you joined this big ticket package was a phone call from the company. I never got that phone call. I still never got that phone call. And then I did participate as best I can even in spite of that huge slap in the face because promise one for my expense for my expending, for my jumping off the bridge, promise one was broken. I still continued to do the best I could. I had a huge investment, and I started to participate, but guess what? There was no participation because you couldn't get a, a, a question answered. Everything was told to you, but nobody looked at your work or gave you any direction. The phone call was supposed to be to help me get direction about niching or where I belonged or how to get started based on my own background. So it was a key to, I thought, me starting into writing and having someone professional to get me there. That was the whole value to me. That one call of that huge expense didn't come. Then I participated, no two-way street. Then I turned in assignments that were supposed to maybe be published on their site. And great, it was going good. I'm back and forth with an editor. But every back and forth took weeks and weeks and weeks, sometimes months. It never got published, and it was it's a piece that is published, could have been published, was publishable, but even their editors are that slow. Even though they're a writing situation, it, everything about it was not the professional level that I expected whatsoever. And I really feel ripped off about that money. Most recently, I took a course about an, a course on e-learning, and they have everything going. I was so excited. I'm still excited. I'm still learning, doing, and actually producing along the lines of what I learned in taking this course. But I was let down, and I'll talk more about that to you next. This is Sue Ann. We're continuing the discussion here on the Mix, Sizzle, and Shake Your Business broadcast podcast about whether a company or business can be too arrogant to serve. And if their focus shifts from serving their customer to serving themselves, how does that appear? How does that happen? Why does that happen? And how do you know? The situation I was talking about last, after we discussed Apple a little bit, um, they're a big company, and I can say their name and not hurt them. And then we discussed another company who I suspect is also very big, but I'm not going to mention their name. A lot of people, I think, will know who they are. Um, and now I'm going to talk about a third company, and this is a company uh, I mentioned I was really jazzed about getting involved in. I was super jazzed. And... I'm still really jazzed about what they were 
offering as far as the some of the information and just you know showing me a different perspective about e-learning and online course building however it became a huge letdown because there was no participation from the company and the community to meet the expected level of interaction because again as I mentioned with that first company if it's not two-sided you don't need to belong to something especially an ongoing month-to-month -month something because the only point of staying on with something in an ongoing way is so that you have interaction so that you can get help so that you can bounce ideas off somebody else so that you can offer ideas to somebody else so that you have new friends and I think that was a key component, not only for that course, but for many online courses. There has to be, when you ask a question, somebody that answers. And in this case, I have questions that I've answered in that course three weeks prior or longer and never got an answer on their private forum on their website. Not in a Facebook group or something like that, but in this course's own social network within the the course. So I think that's bad business. If I ask a question and I'm paying you monthly and I can't get an answer for it, I wait three weeks or more, that's pretty patient on my part, let me tell you. And I'm, I find that a letdown. Uh, they offer badges for doing, you know, challenges and, and the challenges are great. That's a great idea for a course. You want people to do things, not just listen you want them to be making their own progress this is part of good good online uh, learning but if you participate in a challenge and nobody interacts during that challenge if there's questions that come up so that you can are able to produce the challenge so that you can have some guidance in making sure you you participate in that challenge if you have a question and can't get it answered that challenge gets a little bit deflated and then if you do complete a challenge but nobody says oh yeah here's your stupid badge again not monetary but it's part of the game part of the idea of participating it's just the point the point is if this is what you're offering for my money, you need to get that badge taken care of, answer those challenge questions, help people and aid them in the challenge along the way with answering questions and giving resources as we go, with answering questions in the forums when they're asked or looking at people's work. Somebody from that company should look at every piece of work that's on there. There are people who put stuff up and nobody answers, nobody replies, hey, yay, good, bad, terrible, here's an idea. And I think that's a sin. I think that's wrong. That's not interaction. That's not community. You're paying for community. You could have took the course in the first thing. And that's another thing. The amount for the course was X dollars. I paid X dollars. And then within a few weeks, it was, it's X dollars for the course like you bought in. But, oh, now we're going to have a monthly payment as well. What? I just paid you all this money for this course. Now I got to pay you monthly to stay in it? You can't change a price schedule like that after the buy. That's bad business. Not interacting or answering questions with your students. That's bad business. What is the purpose of the business? Who's the hero? Or is it money? Got to wonder.